Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Gossipin', the podcast where we gossip while we sip. Today, we're going to dissect all the things that we were raised with that were actually toxic as fuck. I feel like we're all super self-aware about our own toxicity, but we can all agree that that stemmed from the people who raised us. You know, it takes a village to turn a person toxic. So we're going to break down the dynamics of our families that contributed to the trauma that has given us our fabulous humor and amazing characteristics. Um, But before we do that, ladies, what are we drinking tonight? I am drinking daddy issues. Um, okay, actually, I want to take that back. I'm probably drinking mommy issues because I definitely <laughs> think I have more mommy issues than I do daddy issues, to be honest. I'm pretty straight with men. Like, I I honestly, like, besides, like, the one or two men who have destroyed my life, like, besides that, I was even girls with dads. Exactly. Besides the one or two men that have destroyed my life, i rarely given a fuck about men so I would like to argue that I have more mommy issues than I do daddy issues so my drink tonight is going to be called mommy issues continuing down this path that Joss has got us on I'll call mine a little miss perfect I think that's a thing we can all relate to is trying to meet crazy uh competitive standards I'm calling mine the guinea pig because I'm the oldest of my siblings. So I've been the guinea pig my entire life when it comes to literally everything. So I feel like I have anxiety (laughs) because of it. So that's where I'm going. My mom always calls me that. I'm also the oldest. That's funny. Your your mom calls you the guinea pig? Always, all the time. She's like, you're my guinea pig. My mom's like, I didn't know what I was doing. I've never raised a kid before. Like it's a great term of endearment. I'm a rodent. Literally a rat. (laughs) You know, they eat guinea pigs in Peru. Um, okay, well, I'm really happy I'm not Peruvian because then she's <laughs> Then it'd be like an eat your young kind of situation. Yeah, that's some like Black Widow shit. Um, on that note, I am drinking gaslighting. It's a favorite of my family's. And now I proudly uh, took the baton and gaslight my partner and those who I love. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're poor, man. Well, we did pray for him. trauma built our character so does my mother <laughs> trauma builds character i don't care what anyone says. and sense of humor i'm convinced that's why we're all funny um i'm naming my drink mommy's girl um everyone who knows me actually knows i'm a daddy's girl i love my father both of them biological and step but um i really only care about getting my mom's approval and it seems to just escape me little by little. every time i get close it just slips my grasps so um that's yeah i should have named my drink after that So for those listeners of ours that are either living under a rock and haven't acknowledged their family's toxicity, or those of you who are blessed and don't have toxic families, I am going to just spit off a couple of things that are super present and super common when you deal with a toxic family. And this can be from second, third aunts, cousins, Uh, you know, don't forget good old mom and dad, brothers, sisters. So uh, a toxic family member will probably mock or belittle your life choices, um, chip away at your self-esteem, probably talk about some sort of insecurity, definitely gaslighting. That's actually one of them on here, Jeanette. So woohoo. I don't know what kind of prize that means you win, but first place. (laughs) You won it. (laughs) 
extreme criticism and then talking over you when you try to voice your um, issues with the way that the family is being run. Are we just toxic in this group? And 100%. This group is toxic. Are you kidding? It sounds like I think, we just described I think, ourselves. I think this episode might either end like really well or we're all going to be in tears like needing therapy. Oh, I need therapy. I mean, I've already done it. So <laughs> I've come to terms with my trauma, but I don't think you can break me anymore. But if you want to cry, go for it. Jocelyn's I'll like, be there to support you. I could probably give you like a step or two that my therapist. Right. Jocelyn's held together by super glue. I'm being held together by Elmer's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those are a couple things. I don't know if you guys have ever dealt with that. So I know we've all like given a name that sounds like kind of personal, but so I'm just going to go around the room. Um, are your, is your family toxic and why? You know, I've thought long and hard about this. I've chatted about this with my former therapist a lot. I want to say yes, but I also feel that as I've gotten older, I've just come to realize that they all have their own traumas that they haven't dealt with. I think I'm the only one that really speaks openly about going to therapy. It's kind of like a very undercover kind of thing. Um, I also think it's just like that in minority communities too. You don't like, and even then our generation just started being the first generation to talk about therapy like that, oh, yeah. really. Yeah, I think um, going off of what, uh, what Jocelyn said, I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm going to say no, like, did my mom tell me I should probably stop eating too many cookies out of the cookie jar once or twice? Sure. <laughs> yes. Do I still think about that today? Sure. Yes. But to be honest, like with my family dynamic, it's just interesting because it, we just had us, like we really just had our immediate family. My parents didn't have their parents around. We, they didn't have siblings around. I only have my siblings. We didn't have cousins. So we, you know, family dynamic was just so strong and well-rooted. And since we only had each other, I think that breeded a lot more love than I would say toxicity. And I think a lot of the toxicity just came from my parents trying to figure out how to raise three kids. Right. Like Nat, honestly, I was raised in a very um, loving home um, where I was like woken up with kisses and hugs every morning. <laughs> so, um, obviously there's like those moments where they say things that are like very questionable, but it's not anything to the point where I can't be around them or I, I need to be away from them. Um, I feel like everyone says shady things. And like, I know my mom has gone through her things and my dad has gone through his things. So it's just like, it's normal for people to have their own traumas, like what Josh was saying but it's never been to the point where it's affected me in a really harmful way. Mm -hmm. So I would say that I don't, but now relatives, that's a different story. Okay. So we got, let's see, we have, I think it's pretty clear that me and Joss are on, on side toxic. We have Vanessa and Natalie on side non-toxic. Let's go, Jeanette, bring it home for our team. Are you going to break the tie? Here's what I'm going to say. Oh, I I'm going to give you the truth. However, I do want to say that in my opinion, my opinion, I don't think there is such a thing as a non-toxic family. You know, let's think about the things that make a family toxic, right? So some of us, I think all of us are minorities, but some of us are immigrants, right? So all of these things are definitely going to produce intergenerational trauma. I think that it'd be crazy to think that it doesn't, right? Now, how that trauma is can vary. Yeah, manifested can vary. I, you know, 
my trauma <laughs> is very different than, for example, Natalie and Vanessa, like, and we'll go into detail. Don't you worry. Um, I'll put my whole family on blast. And they know, like, it's not a thing of like, you know, right. Like, like you I don't want to talk to them would, anymore. Yeah, like yeah, it's not, yeah. Like, yeah. Stunned. I, think- I love my parents. I, I was, I was raised in a very loving household. I had everything I needed. And there were times that I had everything I wanted as well. Um, so I it's agree. not like I was a child that was starved and sexually abused and beaten to death. And like, you yep. know, I don't know, like black eyes. No, like, we're talking I, about middle-class trauma, not- We're talking- We're, we're talking, talking about, about white-collar yeah, trauma. Something real quick, I'm sorry to cut you off, and I'll let you finish your point, but something that Vanessa said was she was like, oh, I was raised in a loving household and like I was woken up by kids. And it's like, my dad blows smoke up my ass all day long. Like he's my biggest fan. My family's obsessed with each other. They're just have a toxic way of showing it. Yeah, so, I would like right. to call that out because I don't I, want it to seem yeah, like that's, that's why, a that's bad why, person. That's why I'm coming that's in not- and saying- and not to say that this is what you guys were saying, Vanessa and Natalie, but I'm just I'm just making an overall umbrella clarifying point that I also was raised in a loving, caring family. Toxicity is also something that's relative, right? So something can be toxic for someone, something you obviously have your pillars of like, yeah, this is toxic under all I agree. eyes. But then you also are gonna have things where like, you know, it's it's a yes for some people, it's a no for some people. So I think it's all relative, but like I do think that if you were ever raised by a human you have some type of trauma, whether, you know, you were enabled. Because we're imperfect, right? Yeah, because honestly, like, I think that I have some friends that are entitled and I'm like, okay, that's traumatic. Like, like you, you're, you're, that's kind of toxic. Like you walk around and you think that you own the world and that everything should be handed to you. And that kind of is toxic. So I think that whether it was gaslighting or, you know, enabling your kids to be, you know, whatever, it's all toxicity. And that's my point. And I'm ready to spill the tea. Yeah. So Jeanette said, um, there is no split household. Actually, Natalie and Vanessa are on our side. With <laughs> or not. Actually, it's five out of five. <laughs> so I gaslighted y'all. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure my commentary has made it very obvious. Um, I love my family to death. I obsessed with them. But there were definitely some toxic things that went on in my household. Um, I agree with Jeanette. There are things that like I wouldn't consider toxic that maybe for Jocelyn or any one of you or any one of our listeners, they'd hear that, you know, something that my grandmother might've said in passing and they would have been like, oh my God, like what a fucking horrible human being. And she's like my favorite person in the world. So it sounds like we've all had brushes with toxicity, whether it be from a mother, grandmother, brother, aunt. I kind of want to go into some funny stories. Um, I'll kind of kick it off. So this is an incredibly personal story, but this is why I call my grandmother, who, like I said before, is my favorite person, the queen of toxicity. Um, my grandmother has sisters and they all talk like all day. They like maybe call each other like on rotation. If they knew how to three-way call, like they would. And I was raised with all these women as like also grandmothers, like mi abuelas. And I would go to their house and spend weeks at a time with all my other like second and third cousins. So we call them like Radio Bemba. Like if one thing happens in the family, everybody knows it. Like you can- uh, The grapevine. Oh my God, black families are the same. You there, you know, there's always one that one person in the family- That's gonna open don't tell them mouth. shit. Cause right. if you tell them, the whole family is gonna know. Every right. single person. So I was 12 years old and I had um, gotten my first period. And I knew, it, I knew it was going to be about your period. Yeah, before it had, I was like, because oh apparently that, that means something to people. I like, hate how, for some reason that they make it such a fucking thing. Everyone. So wait, so it's my, actually kind of embarrassing when they tell the, super, tell yeah. the super embarrassing. Like, 
I don't think it's bad, but it's just kind but of as like, a 12 year old, it's bad. Yeah. I'm like, that's so personal. That's the biggest thing that's telling- happened to you since Justin Bieber fucking dropped an album and they're going to be over here advertising yeah. it to the whole family. Right. Honestly, really same Amanda. Really my mom did the same thing. She was my mom did the same bullshit. Go ahead. We're about to go in. So when I got my first period, I was, I went to a Catholic school and every Tuesday we had mass, right? Like we would go to mass for an hour and then couldn't go about our day. And my first class of that day was PE. So our PE teacher would like oh, no. go to school or go to our classroom and he would be the one to like escort us to mass and he would be in charge of us during that hour or whatever. So I'm like sitting in mass and I'm feeling like really uncomfortable. And like, I didn't know what it was. And you guys all know what that feeling is. But you know, I couldn't sit still. I felt like I had to go to the bathroom. Something was up. It's weird how I didn't know what it was, but I knew what it was. Like, I I almost like was like, uh uh-oh, like I'm a woman. Like it happens. Like just in light switch. Is that what you said, Amanda? Yeah, Uh I was like, so I kept asking this teacher, I was like, can I go to the bathroom? And he would say no. And like, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I was a little shit in middle school. Like I was definitely an asshole. And I talked back and like, just, you know, basically who I am now. Like, I was like, I think I got my period. You need to let me go to the bathroom. And then he was, he was young too. Like he was like maybe 27 years old. Like, Damn. Oh, can you imagine a 27 year old yeah, like this man, man was probably like oh right no. and, and a 12 year old telling you uh sir i just got my period exactly like so it, was, it was uncomfortable for everybody so whatever i go to the bathroom obviously like i have my period whatever super mortifying super whatever apparently my mom thought it was the cutest thing in the world like she thought that like i was adorable for being super shy and like they had to call my mom because i had obviously like stained had to go home all this bullshit my grandmother takes it upon herself to call not one, not two, but all four of her sisters and her sister-in-law who's married to her brother. Oh my God. I, and I quote, and Jocelyn, I will, um, translate it for you. Amanda mató el puerco, which means Amanda finally killed the pig because when you kill a pig, they bleed. So that is how Cubans tell their family. That is, that is so not like Amanda killing the, the fact, pig. The fact that she told everyone is bad enough. The, right. The, I, and I get that it's a, it's a form of expression. I understand. But, no, but I'm it's just disgusting. Saying, we can the, hate on my culture just for the that. Way, the way that she had to say the it. Like she could, have, she could have been like, oh, she got her regla. She es got una her mujer. Yeah, like just una mujercita. Like there's so many ways you, for you to como si say dice, this. Period in español. Regla. You can say periodo, or you can say regla, I or you can say that as well. You have have it together, they could have like just said letter. Amanda got her regla, and no, right. she said Amanda and everyone and, 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 right, right, no, but she had to find the most graphic way of telling everybody i didn't have pork for like years I love she, just put, she should put posters on your house of like this girl's got her period uh, like, i here. just want to say um, grandparents they love you to death but they're usually the most toxic they're the mo- oh no 100 percent. they're so they're nine out of the ten times the most toxic i have a traumatic story around my period as go well it. go for it bro yours is way worse but i'm just saying like the way that my mom reacted so I got my period when I was 12 and I guess my mom got her period when she was 15 and so she thought like she was like I don't know the rule to follow or whatever now she's like being mad at you she was like why did you get your period so young like what were you doing and I was like nothing like just chilling. she said you were a hoe <laughs> yes, you you that's it on some dick and that's how you got your period and she probably was she, like that's how your cherry popped isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so she was like she was like okay and then I remember vividly she told me she's like okay well don't fuck around now because 
after your first period you can get pregnant and I'm like I'm like where is like the nurturing 12. you're where like where is the nurturing like right I have cramps like show me how to warm up a heating pad I'm 12 I'm not thinking about fucking anybody right now like right like or there's literally like, hey, blood like, coming out of my vagina give me give me some pointers like just be like hey like this is what you do in this situation like these are the options you have there's pads there's tampons there's cups like it was almost like a shameful thing and it, ne- it shouldn't be because it's like shitting like we all shit you know um it's so normal it's, it's, right it's like if my child had his first shit and I was like oh my god why are you shitting they made periods as bad as like having sex you know what the thing is once you go to therapy and you like talk through that shit and this you bitch put it coming to on her high horse no i'm not saying i've no. suppressed them i'm so. healed no it's now. not even that it's that like once you like talk about that shit you don't even really want to go into it again i would just like to say that when you're raised by a bunch of very like alpha women who are one like minorities black women two who have all had to forge their path at one point or not, or for the majority of their lives, it can get a little toxic. I mean, because they all think everything should be done one way. They all think all kids should be raised one way. And so I don't, I don't really have one specific story. I will say that my mom will say that I wasn't raised to be perfect. She'll never actually say that out loud. However, there was a lot of pressure put on me to behave a certain way. I think that's why I'm a little wild now to achieve a certain level of success, just like present yourself in a certain way. And that in itself is toxic because it it causes things like anxiety and, you know, net net, I would love to share one specific story but there's just so many that sounds that- like um toxicity was from birth to 25 yeah i mean <laughs> the and they're still and my family's still toxic i mean right, and but it's you going to therapy and i don't mean to single you out but anybody like just us fixing ourselves doesn't fix our family i think you that know? the biggest thing like a lot of people don't understand why they are the way they are and exactly percent nine times out of ten it's because of your family and it's because it's a hundred percent always yeah, I think there's a couple you things. Go to like, therapy. Right. I And I bring these up a lot. A lot of people assume like, oh, you're spoiled. You're this, this, and that. And it's like, no, it's fucking like, you're at war there because like, no one takes you seriously. I mean, it's really kind of like begging for a voice out of everyone. I think that's honestly how I ended up being how I am today, super loud and, and outgoing because I had to be this way or else I wasn't going to be heard um, throughout my family. And I think also you know, what ties into that is having older brothers, you know, I grew up in a very sort of my, my parents are, are a lot older. My dad's in his seventies now. So how he was raised was by all the women in his family waiting on them hand and foot. So when I came along, it was kind of like, oh, okay, she's just going to do all this stuff for them. And I just remember like being told like, oh, you should help your mom in the kitchen and you should like clean up after your brothers. Like they really tried to get me to do their dishes. Like, hello. Fucked up girl. And I was just like, no. And luckily, and this is again, why I say like, you know, I don't really, you know, label my family as toxic because my mom on the other hand was so against that. And my mom was super like, no, she's not going to just do these things because she's a girl. You know, we like, we're going to raise her better than that. Cause then she's just going to what 
we're just gonna like send her off to do this for another man another man that's literally what they were trying to prep you for you know I don't blame my dad for it like I think it took him a long time to kind of realize like oh shit that's that is not right like like, such a different time in a different yeah because that's what they're used to you know and he's like oh what's sexism and I'm like dad let me tell you (laughs) it's a crazy thing it happens you actually do it all the time you actually (laughs) are one of them (laughs) yeah I think I've always said this I feel like I was woke as a high schooler, I used to say this all the time. Like your family's the most traumatic relationship you're ever going to have. Most toxic relationship you're going to have because mm. once, and, and I noticed it way more when I got <laughs> to college and I started picking my roommates or like, Wait, Jocelyn's like, have you met my ex-boyfriend? <laughs> this is why I'm going to say what I'm going to say. When you get into a relationship or a friendship or whatever, that's toxic, you, maybe it takes a while to get out of it but you can get out of it, right? Like you can cut that tie. You can move out. You can leave that roommate. You can leave that relationship for the first 18 years of your life. I mean, maybe 16, depending on how truly toxic, but I'm talking about like, like I said, middle America toxicity where they gaslight you and they maybe like, you know, install some feminine stereotypes or whatever. Um, You're forced to live with these people. And the only reason that you're compatible with them or you're forced is because you share a bloodline. But that doesn't mean that you're actually compatible to live with them. Like, I love my mom to death. Even now, when I own my own home and she comes to visit me, there's a power struggle, right? Because her and I aren't compatible to live with each other. We are both alpha women. And it's hard to be an alpha woman in another alpha woman's home. (laughs) Hence why I've moved out my friend. That's why I say your family's toxic because the only thing that has contributed to you living together is the fact that you are related. That doesn't mean that you guys are all compatible. I'm not compatible to live with my dad. I'm not compatible to live with my brother. And they raised me. I lived with them for 18 years. I should be, but my personality, and maybe it's genetic, and maybe it also has to do with the way I've reacted to things I've seen, right? Like you guys all have siblings with the exception of Joss. Like you're all different people and you were raised by the same people. Me and my brother could not be more different. To your point, Amanda, I think you have to learn, especially as you become an adult and especially if you are an alpha woman and you're dealing with a mom or even a dad who's an alpha male, if you're an alpha and alpha going up against each other and you're living in one household, it's just not going to work. One thing I've started to do, I think a little bit more before I speak, I think about my tone as well as I think about if I'm about to come to that specific family member, where are you currently in your life? And like, how is what I'm about to say come at me? Well, I tell my family, if I'm going through something, putting your family member on ice for 24 to 48 hours, if you're in the middle of a ratatata, like could really save the situation and the conversation and maybe take it from going this way, going right versus going. I I agree with what you're saying, Jocelyn, but at the same time, and this is why I go back and forth so much between having children or not having children, because I think to myself, okay, so you realized this, right? Jocelyn, you went to therapy, you figured this out. What prevented, and I'm just picking on you as an example, what prevented your mother from saying, okay, you know what? I'm raising an alpha daughter. I want her to be an alpha. I don't want her to fall in line with what society wants for her, what a man wants for her. But that's where it falls on the parent, right? To thank our parents, we are 
in a place where they probably always wanted us to be. They put us there. They paid for our education, our sports. They supported us financially. Like I'm not trying to portray them in a negative light, but I'm just saying, you know, there's more to parenting than just putting a roof over your head and putting food on the table, right? Um, and so I think that you have to be emotionally available. You if have you're to not be emotionally you have to be emotional available. And a lot of these alpha parents don't have that. Well. I think when you turn into a teen, you start to form you know, certain traits, like you start to, or, or finish certain traits that you have had for a long time. They're very formative years. And so I feel like that needs to be respected. And a lot of times teenagehood isn't respected, right? Instead of asking, Hey, like, are you in a good headspace for us to have a conversation about why you didn't do the dishes? Why didn't you didn't do the laundry? They barge in through your door. They take the door off the hinges. They take your phone away. They beat the fuck out of you. You still have to do your AP homework. I'm just throwing shit out there. Where did conversation go? Is corporal punishment something that's toxic? I don't know. I think it is. But if you were to ask me, are you going to beat your kids? I'm going to tell you I am. So yeah, that's she's literally, like, she's the first person that says that she's going to be right. Out of her I, I, will most, I will most definitely beat my children. But do I think it's toxic? Yes. I think we're, we can all agree. We're going to pass down toxic traits. Like literally it's just, and this is why to but piggyback off your point, not that I am at all a therapist, but in my one AP psych class that I took in high school, <laughs> Um, she's a psych major. Remember a few episodes back, she was the gender studies specialist. Guys, I'm jack of all trades, master of none, but that doesn't matter. Anyway, (laughs) once I really saw my parents as human beings of their own Mm -hmm. and not these beings. Yes. Because when you're little, your parents are your savior. And like, you never forget the first time your parent, like disappointed you. It's not supposed to be anything like intense i saw this movie once where the guy was like oh the first time i oh it was a show he was like the first time i was disappointed with my dad was when i like gave him a math problem and he could have do it in his head and then i realized like my dad's not the superhero like he's just a guy it like click like okay like i have trauma because they had trauma and like they're not this way because they hate me or they're not this way because they don't want to be a good parent to me they're this way because this is the best way they know how to be right so that's for- what i think Honestly, Amanda, that's why I think self-awareness is such a powerful thing. So like sort of going back to what Jeanette said earlier, it's like, do I want to raise these little shits? Because do I want to give them what I have? And that's where you have to like look deep into yourself and be like, what are those things that I went through? What are those things that I have to overcome? So I don't give it to my kids. So I end the cycle where it is. For example, like my mom, like, and I'm not one to speak on her, what she went through, but she went through some things in her home. And my mom always said, she's like, I know when I have kids, I am not going to treat my kids the way that they treat me. And I'm not going to grow, like raise them in an environment where I was raised. So it's like always that self-awareness. Cause then my mom will speak to like my, her sister, for example, my aunt, and she's still dealing with the traumas. And now my cousins are dealing with the things that like my aunt went through and my mom went through. So it's like, we have to be powerful enough for those who do want to have kids. It's like, what is that? When, when is it going to click in our own heads that we're just like, you know what? Like, that's an issue. How are we going to solve it and not pass it on if we do decide to have children? It, history repeats itself, you know? It's like, and it's unfortunately sometimes inevitable, but like, I mean, we all are seeing now, you know, oh, we'll never do that with our kids. I mean, I'm sure our parents thought that too. And speaking to, you know, having immigrant parents or even just, I know for me personally, like having older parents, this was such a... Um, issue, I guess you could say in our house in terms of like 
discipline and and just like understanding the world around us you know there's no hanging out with your friends like you stayed at home and you did chores and you spent every waking second with your family oh my god the guilt trips galore of like you come down here you're not spending time with us after all the stuff we give you blah blah and like you see one side of it yes are you guys giving me this stuff but also like you know using that stuff against me like now you owe them something right exactly well so now i'm going to ask all of you um what have you guys put in place to protect your own mental health? How have you guys made that stance in your life and have demanded that respect and have taken it for yourself? Um, saying no. I think it's the easiest, but the hardest thing to do, right? I've noticed that as an adult, I, I'm a people pleaser. I'm a yes woman, yes man, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think that is something that is so liberating. Just say no. I mean, I would say the number one thing is really just getting out of the house. Um, you know, if if you can, if financially, safely, whatever. Um, don't go, don't go running off with your like eighteen year old boyfriend who sells drugs, please. But don't do no, that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Go running off to college. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. That's what I was going to go into. Like, yeah. Anywhere you can go, just go. Um, so I think getting out of the house really kind of proves to my parents, like, okay, you know, she's out here, she's doing it. And so that was a big thing. Um, you know, I still struggle with boundaries with my parents, obviously, like I'm the youngest out of this group and the youngest out of my family or yeah, out of my family. So it's still kind of hard for me because I do have connections with my family still, which I personally don't think there's anything wrong with that like I don't think my my parents don't pull everything over my head like it was worse when I was 18 but now that I have my own bills that I do pay it's a lot easier to kind of establish different things and I think it's just being straight up with your parents you know like you can't beat around the bush about things if it's stuff that you are going to make a decision about and you're going to do it's not asking them anymore it's telling them I want to piggyback real quick off of Natalie um I do think that in order for you to become independent whether you're 16 or 18 or 39. Um, I think that financial stability is the number one thing. So if you have to work two shifts, then, you know, it, it depends about your angle. Like you, I personally think that the easy, why it was easy for me to say no is because I made sure that I was financially independent. What are you going to tell me? No, what? I pay my own rent. I pay my own car. I pay my own phone. I pay my own insurance. I, I do it all. What are you going to tell me? No, what? Like that's, that's point blank period. End of the road. I would say that I a hundred percent agree with Jeanette. I think, I think financial stability is one of the main ones, especially for me, like growing up in a single family home, like I, my mom gave me everything and more, even when she couldn't afford it. However, I will say that at times I felt like it was held over my head, what she had done for me. So I made it a point, even when I was in college, um, I worked a lot in college. I mean, my mom still paid my rent, but I still have like $35,000 in student loans. I still was supporting my own lifestyle when I was in college, you know, and then when I did graduate, 
as soon as I got my job and got my first paycheck, I was out the gate. I was financially independent. I was paying my own rent. I was paying my own bills. And it was weird for me to move back home this last year after being financially independent and just overall independent for three to four years. Um, I think saying no is another big one. I would say it's harder because when you come from a single family home and you're an only child, I was going to say, you guys have all, you guys are all you guys have. It's all, it's all you got. So there's a, there's a different level of guilt that you fit, you feel for saying no. But I also realized if I kept saying yes, like I would be drained as well. So it's kind of like protecting your spirit, protecting your energy as well. Right. I think you have to set boundaries. I think you have to say no. I think you have to know when to put your parents on ice and walk away and, you know, maybe take a day or two. And to be honest, I'm very grateful for the way I grew up as well, because I know it probably seems like I've been shitting on my family this entire time, which like, that's not the case. I'm just being realistic. Um, but I want to I want to say something real quick. Put yourself in a light of an adult. Like have these conversations with your parents because if you keep portraying yourself as a child, you cannot expect for them to not see you as a child. Or say too. hey, like mom, dad, I don't like when you do x y and z and this is how it makes me feel and I don't know if you're aware, but da 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 can we work on a solution? Like, that's what I was saying. Sometimes it doesn't have to be so dramatic, to be honest. Like, I am so open in telling my family, like, hey, this was not cool. I did not like this. Or, I mean, they can see it when I get upset, you know? Like, I just think it doesn't have to always, depending on the situation, like, you know, be this big thing where it's like, I'm not speaking to you. Don't call me. Don't do this, this, and that. I think there's a lot of power in having conversations and being open about how you feel. My mom was raised on a very tight leash her entire life. So I was given a lot of freedom growing up to do things, but I was also given a lot of trust. So I never did anything to question that trust. And I was a good kid. Like I still partied and did things, but I, but I like, I don't know. I stuck to who I was and I've always been one to beat to my own drum. And I'm very quick with my mouth, which has gotten me in trouble. I have been slapped on the mouth before it happens. But I've always been one when someone's like, no, I'm going to be like, I'm going to find plan A, B, C, D to do it. And I will finesse my way into doing it. So my parents, I don't know, it's different. Like, I feel like I've never been in a situation where it's gone to a point where I'm like, I need to get away or I need to like set up a boundary. Like there's always been like a level of respect there where it's never come into question. Um, So I'm very grateful for that, I will say. And like my parents helped me out a lot. Like I've been here for over a year now. Like at any moment, they could have been like, you need to leave. Like, you know what I mean? But I don't know. Like I have a really good relationship with them where I can sort of what Natalie was saying that I can express my feelings. And that's something that I've learned as I've gotten older because I used to suppress a lot of things because I thought I was supposed to suppress that, that I consider that to be a, something that you're learning to do now as an adult. For sure. Like I used to be one just, like, I would just take it and, mm-hmm. and be like, you know what? Like whatever, I'm still going to do it. But mm-hmm. now I'm just like, no, like what you said was rude. No, right. what you made me uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. hey, that's not okay. And I feel like that started happening maybe like three years ago. And both of my parents are like, oh my God, I never realized it. Or like, 
sometimes they'll pull the, oh, you're being sensitive. And I'm like, okay, I'm being sensitive, but this is why I'm being sensitive. Like, you know what I mean? I think they think being sensitive is negative. And that's, that's not exactly true. Exactly. And I feel like it's also a generational thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And being sensitive is being seen as weak. Right. Yeah. Yes. I, feel like I have this thing Thank where you, I, I have the space where I can say it and people will listen, which is really nice. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm very grateful for the family I have. Um, but when it comes to boundaries, like when I went away to UCF, it wasn't like my parents were blowing me, my phone up or things like that. Like there's always been like, I don't know. They're just like, you're a kid, like go live your life. And like, when I was in New York, it was like, I would be the one who would initiate the phone calls. My parents literally never called me. I think you brought up a really good point. Um, you could have the most, you know, amazing family in the world. Like, unless you're probably like, you know, a hippie or raising your kid now in 2021, very few times do I think like parents sat you down and be like, okay, and how do you feel about this situation? No. Like, I'm parenting you. So how do you feel? They were just like, no, this is what it is. And you have to take it. And then now as an adult, we're learning to get our voices a little bit. And it can be for a long time. It was seen as talking back when it was really just defending yourself yeah. or, or seeing your point of view. And now I don't think that like my mom will still tell me I have a big like, you know, I talk back a lot, but I'm like, it, it, it's a conversation. Like I'm no longer, you're an awful woman. Right. It's no longer like, at the end of the day. Logo. Now it's different because we're adults. Right. So Which sometimes like, it's hard to grasp for a parent. Yeah. And my mom will say, my mom's just like, we're going to have an adult conversation. I was like, okay, let's go. And I'll probably start crying because I'm a Gemini and I'm emotional. But like, my mom will be like, okay, let's talk about who we are. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So I feel like what, going back to what Jeanette's saying, it's true. You have to learn sort of how to like own your own voice. Obviously in a respectful way. Like I will never be like, fuck you, mom. Like I would never do that. Yeah. But it's like owning your voice and being like, hey, this is like how I'm dealing with it. This is how I'm doing it. Like. I hope you respect my decision. If you want to give me advice on it, great. Right. But I'm still going to do what you I think is right for myself. So. I feel like our parents just not teaching us how to do that is toxic within itself. Like if you're not raising a young adult to become a successful adult. I think it's like emotional. It's emotional intelligence, right? Like I think the biggest thing but that that's what I'm saying our, we're all sitting here and we're saying that, you know, X, Y, and Z, our parents were toxic. They weren't toxic. The fact that we're having the conversation that we need to set boundaries, no parent is perfect. All parents have a level of toxicity, whether you think about it, whether you like it or not, I feel like parents should respect. Again, it all comes to those teenage years. If you're not having these conversations with your kid, you're failing your child because then your child's going to have to grow up pay for therapy, which is very expensive, figure it out, come back, talk to you when you could have knit this on the butt to begin with. I'm not saying people don't have arguments and discussions, but I do feel like, why do we have to do this now? We're literally in our mid going into our late twenties. We couldn't have done this 10 years ago when we were 13, 14, well, 15, oh, 16. There's a lot of things that we, I mean, obviously we're talking about it from our perspective, right? The perspective of children. I'm sure that it's love to have a conversation with all of our parents and said, listen, you know, you weren't my only kid or I had like, I didn't have time to worry about your emotional stability. Like I had to put food on the table or like I said, I am known me myself. I am known to say things out of anger that I completely 150% don't mean. I'm just being an asshole because I'm pissed off at you. So I just want to say April Aries are so different than March Aries. Aries. (laughs) We're not like that. (laughs) I say things like that all the time and I could totally like now as an adult see times that I've gone into fights with my mom or my brother or my dad or or even my grandmother and I have scrapped it out a couple of times where I'm like, damn, like I could see why they're 
I would have sat down as a child and been like, they're so toxic or they're this or they're that. And, and they're just people really. Right. And, and we can tell that like, as a child, I can say, well, it's your responsibility because you were the parent to sit me down. Also, we're growing up in a generation and we're, we're fortunate enough to, to have such a spotlight on mental health. Like I was just parents, about to say the same thing. Yeah. Our parents did not have that. So I don't, it was very taboo parents. back in the right. day. I don't blame either one of my parents for being how they are. I just, now that we're all adults and now that I can tell you, Hey, you're also fucked up. Um, I, I expect them now to go out and get that help if they want it for themselves. Like that's pretty much the only thing I can do. And I can try to be a better parent with the tools that I'm equipped because that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to be the best parent they could with the tools that they were given in their box. Um, I think you all brought up really, really good points. Um, I think listeners of this episode, um, I struggle with, it sounds like they all have their situations under wraps. It's not that I don't, but if you still struggle with, you know, your parents having an attachment to you, I mean, I mentioned like my mom will come to my house and we fight not like outwardly or nowhere near, but like, it is frustrating. I'm like, oh my God, she's like doing my dish. Like it's my fucking dish. Like I want my sink dirty, leave it alone. You know, like stupid shit like that, that doesn't define my relationship with my mother or my dad telling me, oh, you're still my baby girl. And I'm like, no, the fuck I'm not. I'm a grown ass woman. Like, I'm sorry I didn't call you on Wednesday. I was busy. Shit like that, that it's hard to, to kind of get through. I think everything that people said today saying no, that's a big one. Saying no and not feeling guilty about it. That's mm-hmm. huge. Cause you can say no. And then if you're staying up at night because you feel bad or because you know, whatever, like that's not healthy either. Saying no and not feeling healthy about it, being financially responsible, not being afraid or feeling guilty for doing things that you want to do, like live your life for you. And if someone has something to say about it, like that's not your business. Let's talk about the good things that are happening in our lives because of said trauma, why we're so ambitious, why we're so funny, why we're such go-getters. So ladies, what are we cheersing to this week? So I know it seems like I talked a lot of shit today, but I'm going to cheers to my mom, Sister Sonia, because, you know, she was very hard on me growing up. However, Sister Sonia raised a fucking hustler. And I only say you are what you are raised by. Definitely cheersing to my mom and my parents specifically. I mean, to be honest, like we never felt anything less than like love or support in our home. And yeah, like, do I wish my parents could have been more open with us about stuff growing up? Definitely. But I'm really thankful that they never let that get in the way of how they raised us. Funny enough that this is a family episode because I leave for Puerto Rico tomorrow with my family. Oh my God. I wish you lots of alcohol. Thank you. So it's our family trip. We haven't had a big, like all of us, like we traveled in December, but one of my brothers couldn't go. So this is our first family trip in a while. So I'm ready to get lit in Benito's Island. Well, you know, speaking of toxicity, um, I'd like to cheers to toxic politicians um well not cheers to them actually fuck them yeah uh, i was about I'm to say i'm like to, what's going on i'm choosing to um to Columbia. Ones if, if you exist. don't know what's going on look it up and that is it thank you cheers to my parents cheers to my grandparents i feel like i know that they have their own traumas from childhood and they have their own baggage that they carry and i i'm cheersing to you guys because i really hope that you fight the stigma of minority you know 
communities and you go out and get your help, even if at 60, like you can go to a therapist and work through your problems and live the rest of your life trauma-free. If you listen to this episode and you think that your parent could benefit from therapy um, and you think they have a stigma around it, I know mine do, um, talk to them, try to get them to see that it's it's worth it because they also deserve to have good mental health. And I think that they have taken a really long time to make sure like we're okay and to raise us and they probably put themselves on the back burner for a while. And um, so I'm cheersing to you guys. Oh my God, that's such a good point. Yeah, take I your don't think about. Back. You know, so I'm going to cheers to them. I'm going to cheers to you ladies. And on that note, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Gossip In, the podcast where we gossip while we sip. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gossip In Podcast. And tune into new episodes or binge old ones on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or Stitcher. We'll see you next week. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Adios, motherfuckers.